Thank you so very much for being with us for another session of Winning Words, where we teach you how to speak life to influence others, how to use the right word at the right time for just the right outcome. Today, we are going to visit a very timely subject, and I've titled this with an expression that I've used for long time in signing letters and notes and emails and the expression is greater days ahead. I want to speak to you today in the midst of April 2020. We, the world, is in the midst of the coronavirus. What a change from six weeks ago. What a change from a month ago. What a continued change from the world that we've come to know. The world we've gotten so comfortable in. And now what's happened? So my question to you is, how are you coping? How are you adjusting? How are you helping others during this time? I certainly hope you're the voice of encouragement and you're using words So let me encourage you today. Can I share a few words to lift your spirits and lighten your load? Can I help you see a big light at the end of what appears to be a long tunnel? Who would ever thought that here we are heading towards mid-April and we're still in the midst of this phenomenon called a pandemic, which most of the world's population does not really understand. Can I also speak life into your spirit? Now, when I use the expression greater days ahead, why do I sign letters to that note? Why do I sign note cards, handwritten cards I've sent thousands of over the years? Why do I choose those words? because I want people to see my words as words of encouragement, words of you can do it. So when I say, can I speak life into your spirit, greater days ahead is simply Ross Jelsett's way of expressing optimism, hope, and encouragement. Now let me pause here and challenge you with a little perspective. In the midst of this pandemic and the adjustment of staying at home, some of you not working, wondering when your boss is gonna call and say, yes, you can come back. Some of you are even wondering if your job is even going to be there at the end of this challenge. So if I wanna speak life into your spirit, the first statement I would make is, It all depends on how you look at life. So in order for me to sign letters and say to people, greater days ahead, I need to do those words, write those words, type those words, speak those words, but it does me no good unless I'm looking at life and anticipating that greater days are truly ahead. Do I believe that? Do you believe that? 
Today, I'm going to lean on my faith because my faith is the greatest force I have in my life. So I'm going to reference several verses in the Bible. As a believer and a follower of Jesus, some of you may not be, but I would say in order for me to speak life into you, I need to speak from the vessel that is full, and that is my faith vessel. So in the book of Proverbs, 23rd chapter, 7th verse, it says this, As a man thinketh, so he is. Now, powerful words there. As a man thinketh, so he is. So I would ask you, what are you thinking about? Are you feeding a positive attitude or are you draining yourself with negativity? Are you stabbing yourself with negativity? Are you filled with doubt as compared to faith? Are you thinking positive thoughts? Are you listening to positive or negative? I've tweeted two or three times this week, encouraging people, if you want to have a great day, get up, clean up, look up, and I've also encouraged them, maybe today, that day, is a day where you don't spend an hour and a half or three hours listening to the news because from my perspective, so much of the news is negative or it has a political slant to it, which is tainted as well. So is that negative feeding for you and your spirit? So in terms of how you look at life, I would say this to you, your tomorrow is the result of today's choices. If you want to have a better tomorrow, a better Saturday than a Friday, you've got to feed Friday. You've got to feed Friday with positive. You've got to be your own cheerleader. The voice you're listening to in your own mind is much greater than the voice of someone else speaking to you. Now, here we are in the midst of this pandemic and the worldwide adjustment to this phenomenon called the coronavirus 19. I would say to you that this is a storm. Storms blow over. Storms do not last forever. Jesus, in the seventh chapter of Matthew, taught his disciples about two builders and storms. Let me share these verses with you. Verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Visualize a house built on the rock. But here's verse 25. The rain came down and the streams rose. In other words, lots of rain. And the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Verse 26. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell with a great 
crash. What are the similarities in the two dynamics of two builders, two houses, similar process, and similar in that storms came in both cases. The difference is one was built on a rock, a solid foundation. The other was built on some of the versions, say, slippery soil or sinking sand. In other words, lack a solid foundation. So in both cases, my point to you is, from this teaching, storms in life are going to happen. The key part is, are you preparing yourself to overcome the storm? I used to teach my football players when I was coaching, particularly at North Dakota State and University of Puget Sound, I used this expression a lot in terms of preparing for games and preparing for the potential plays that happen with a game. I tell my players, prepare for the worst, but expect the best. And I would, I would literally get on the blackboard with them and show them, here's the play we're running, here's your responsibility, here's your technique. Now, what's the worst thing the defense can do to ruin your technique, the play, the strategy, so know what the worst is that can happen, but keep a positive perspective. So I said, prepare for the worst, but expect the best. In other words, even though the worst might come, the storm might be here. I would say to you today, expect the best out of the storm. Let me go back to the scenario about the job situation. I'm prayerful for people who in this challenge have lost jobs, have been laid off, uncertainty of their future. If you were to expect the best, you might actually end up with a better job at the end of this pandemic. You cannot predict all the possibilities, but I would encourage you by saying expect the best. Another expression that's in my book that I've used for a long time, and listen to this carefully, because it, there's two halves from my perspective in this expression, H-A-L-F, half. And that is, life is half passion and half perseverance. You need both halves. Now, in that situation, visualize a pitcher and you're pouring two ingredients into it. If passion and perseverance were liquid, you're going to pour those into a pitcher. Half passion, which is your energy, your belief, your excitement, your, in, your ability to see a light at the end of the tunnel, and you're going to succeed. You see yourself winning. You're excited. You've got enthusiasm. People around you can feel it. They like being around you because you're a high energy. You're a believer. You're a can-do person. So half passion is going into that picture. The other half is perseverance, which simply means, yes, you can have passion and half of the picture is going to be filled with passion. But in order for you to succeed and be significant, you have to also pour in 
an equal amount of perseverance because there are times just like we're in right now, or it could be you're in a low spot in your marriage or you're in a low spot with yourself emotionally. You're in a low spot with who you are or who you aren't. Maybe you're caught up in comparing yourself to others, but you need perseverance. You need to keep on keeping on. You need to, I think it was Martin Luther King used to say, if you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl, but do something to move forward. That's a statement of perseverance. You need both halves. Now, let's talk about you and how you affect or influence others. Affect means to produce a change. So I want you to visualize right now a person that's in front of you. And if you are going to produce a change in that person, I would ask you then, if I'm observing the two of you, I would say to you, what will your affect be? In other words, what kind of change would you make in that person? Now, I'm not saying you're going to change them because of who they're not. I'm instead suggesting that you can use your words, you can use your attitude to produce a change in other words. That's your affect. So, let me take you to this scenario. The room is empty. Then a person walks in. A person in a room. A little bit later, a second person walks in. What changes, what affect does the second person have on the room? What affect does the person have on the first person that was in the room? What changes? A little while later, a third person walks in. And that person has a smile, there's a gleam in their eye, they are warm in their greeting, they're positive, they're complimentary, you can sense their compassion. What changes in the room? The room just got brighter. The room now has cheer in it. What happened to the first person? What affect did this third person have by walking into the room and sharing who they are? What was their affect? So the question is, how can you, during this time of adversity, influence others? Your family, your spouse. I would suggest to you that during this time, your spouse may need an extra dose of encouragement. So in the cupboards of most kitchens, there are various spices. And those spices are all there to provide a flavor to a food. I would say to you, I would suggest to you that you need to go to the cupboard, find the encouragement bottle and speak a little more life speak a little more encouragement, bring a little bit more joy, smile a little bit more, compliment a little bit more, 
come alongside of, listen a little bit more. It isn't just you speaking. Sometimes the power is really in you listening. My wife says to me sometimes, she'll present something to me and I'll immediately give her a response. And you'll say, she'll say to me, Ross, I didn't want you to fix it. I just wanted you to listen. What is she saying? Give her some time. Give her the opportunity to express herself. So sometimes causing change in another person, one of your children, maybe a teenager that you're having a struggle with in terms of communication, maybe it's one of your coworkers who you just got off the phone and they too have lost their job or you're on temporary unemployment. You really don't know but you are listening to the voice of the other person and you can discern. God gives us the gift of discernment. You sense that their spirit is weakening. Their spirit is on the verge of being broken. So what affect will you have? Let me go back to the room scenario again. When you walk into the room, are you the light that goes on in the room? How do others perceive you in the context of the walking in the room analogy. That's your affect. Now, the other thing I would suggest during these times is to be really intentional about your words and actions. The word intentional means with strong direction or with strong motive or with strong tendency, intentional tendency. In other words, there's a pointed purpose for what you're going to do or say. So I would ask you a question. Are you intentional about your words and actions to create a positive influence? Or are you just using your words and your actions, normal day, normal situation, normal society, everything's just moving along like I think it's been, not exactly sure, but yeah, it's just pretty much the way it's been. I would challenge your thinking. And I would say these are times where we need to be a bit more intentional about our words and our actions because I think we need more creative, we need more positive right now. We need more joy, we need more uplifting, we need more pats on the back. So being more intentional about your words and actions. I have two sons and when this pandemic hit, they both are businessmen. And I sent them a list of 10 items they could be doing. This was a month ago when this pandemic first hit to help sustain, maintain, and direct their efforts towards continued success and significance. And one of those was focus on the things that you wanted to get done, but you were too busy to do. Also, I said, this is a time where you should be sending five to 10 notes to your best clients during this time. 
speaking life into them, letting them know that you care. And in that regard, they would get that note, they would receive that phone call, they would receive that email. And I think the best of all is the phone call or the handwritten note. Lord knows we get lots of emails. Pretty easy to do, doesn't take as much effort. But to sit down and write a handwritten note or to pick up the phone and call, it's amazing what picking up the phone and calling people and then just listen, wow, opportunity. At the end of the phone call, the person says, thanks so much for making the call. I appreciate you thinking of me. So during these challenging times, I suggest to you, we need more positive affect, more intentional, positive influence. Mark it down, be intentional about it, and do it. Now, in the midst of storm, challenge, pandemic, we just happen right now to be in a big storm called a pandemic. Our entire world is wrestling with it. I would say to you that the world is going to beat the pandemic. It may not be easy, but we're going to beat the pandemic. But in this regard, we can learn from this pandemic and we can apply this the rest of our lives. Because I'll guarantee you, or I'll flat guarantee you, as I used to tell my players, that there will be other storms. It could be one of your children is diagnosed with a very negative health situation, or it could be an accident that happens, or it's the death of a loved one, or the financials for 2020 don't turn out the way you had planned. Those are all going to be storms. We can apply what it is we learn. Now, let me feed you, so to speak. You cannot speak of an empty basket. You cannot give of an empty basket. So let me give you some inspiration in the next few minutes. When I wrote my book, which is going to be published and available in June, I referenced many stories. I researched lots of sayings from successful coaches and leaders. And part of what I searched for was to help people find hope and encouragement and joy. And one of the stories I came upon, which is a profound story of hope, and it's the story of Louis Urzua, who was a shift foreman in the Chile mine disaster in 2010. And Louis and his men that were on his shift had gone down into this mine shaft in Chile for weeks, months, and years. That was their job. His job was to be the shift foreman. In other words, he was responsible to lead those men every day within that mine. The disaster happened. The mine collapsed, and Lewis and his men were caught 700 meters below the surface. What a storm. We're not talking about a storm that they could see. In fact, 
They couldn't see because they were 700 meters below the surface. Do the math. That is over 2,000 feet below the face of the earth. That's a long way from seeing the storm. We're not watching snow come down. We're not watching hail come down. We're not watching wind blow or a tornado. We're 700 meters below the surface. But Lewis knew that he, as the shift foreman, needed to be the voice of hope. He was their leader. So what did Lewis do? First of all, Lewis refused to let the men just fall into disarray and let them do whatever they wanted to do 700 meters below the surface. One of the first things that Lewis did was evaluate. He had his men count up all of the resources they had, the food that they had brought down there, the water that was there, any other ingredients that were there that could help them sustain their life. So they inventoried everything. And then the other thing he did is he quickly discerned what skills came into that mine every day. And part of what Lewis came up with was a routine for everybody. So every day when his men awoke, they were on that shift, he treated it as though it was another day of work. So he assigned each one in groups or individually to go about daily tasks that kept them focused on the task and on moving forward. And each day, based upon their inventory, they rationed very carefully the food and the water that they had. And they had set meal times, they had set time for sleep, but like every other day, they got up, they got ready, and they went to work all within this mine shaft feet below the surface of the earth. Now, as they were doing that, Lewis, the consummate leader, the shift foreman, would go around and he would encourage them and he would be alongside of them and he would be speaking encouragement into them. Now, back to the analogy of the light in the room. Lewis was the light every day to his men. He spoke hope. He spoke encouragement. He kept them busy moving forward, even though he didn't know how long it was going to be. He didn't know what else was going to be encountered in the days or weeks ahead. But he dealt each day, one day at a time. 17 days after the collapse, a rescue team through technology and manpower and drilling reached the miners. 17 days. Do you know who was the last person out of the mine when all and I think it was like 34 men he had on that shift. All were moved to the surface of the earth and saw the light, so to speak. 
Lewis was the last one to leave the mine. Now, what helped Lewis Urzua do this? First, he had to believe. He had to be optimistic. He had to say, there's a solution. We're going to win. So his spirit was one of optimism. Speaking of optimism, by the way, isn't that a great story about a man leading a group of his teammates, so to speak, his fellow workers, 17 days. Another little story, a lot easier to tell and without anywhere near the emotion. A man is watching a little league baseball game and he just got there. And he asks a young player who comes off the field and says uh, to the player, how's it going? And the player says, great. And the man says, well, what's the score? What's zero to nine? And the man says, well, it's not going that great. But the player, quick to respond, says, we haven't batted yet. So even though they've given up nine runs in the first inning, the player is optimistic. Even though you could interpret being nine runs behind as challenging and difficult, instead, the player says, we haven't even batted yet. Optimism, expecting positive, there's still hope. So I would say to you right now, are you optimistic? Are you one? You know what? You haven't even batted yet. Even though you've taken some hits, so to speak, you've been challenged. You know what? You got more bats ahead of you. You're going to win. We're going to figure out a way. <clears throat> Let me interject. I mentioned earlier that my faith, my rock, is my Jesus, my Savior. And I rally around a simple verse that he used in John chapter 10. And it is a promise to Ross. It can be a promise to you. John 10, 10, Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. That's a powerful promise. And I would say to you, hang on to the promises of God. Hang on to the promise that you can have life and have it significantly. I've used this expression from the word of God as well. We walk by faith, not by sight. If you think about the storms of life, as a child in North Dakota, growing up on a farm, we used to get blizzards in the dead of winter in January, February, March. And when a blizzard came, I never knew. My dad, my mother, who had lived through way more blizzards than I, none of us knew how long the blizzard was going to last. So we couldn't see how long or how difficult but we walk by faith. Now, let me begin to summarize this by giving you a little bit of direction. If I were you, you could be encouraging yourself by encouraging other words. 
I talked to you about the power of your own spoken words, but even more positive is the power of your actions. So if you want to be more positive to yourself, if you want to fill your own vessel, encourage somewhere else. Today, find some paper, find a pen, sit down. God willing, you got five stamps or get five stamps. Write five notes to people that if you just did a scan, you looked out the window of your car, so to speak, if you were driving, and you said, here's who, here's who's in the picture as I look out of my car. Find five people, write five notes of encouragement to them. You cannot possibly know how they're going to be received, but you know how they're going to be interpreted because at the end of the person reading the note, they're going to smile and they're going to think warmly of you and the fact that you remember them. So write five notes today. Second, make a few, but to be disciplined, make five phone calls. Five phone calls again to people that you think, you know, I need to give this person a call. And you know what, as I mentioned earlier, you don't need to have a big agenda. You don't have to have, hey, I want to cover these three points with you on the phone. Instead, open the conversation. Ask simple questions like, I just wanted to call to find out how you're doing. I wanted to just check in on you. I wanted to make sure you're doing okay. Make five phone calls and you'll be amazed as you listen at what you will learn. Now, the other thing that's a powerful exercise, and I've done this before with organizations well, when it comes, for example, to doing strategic planning work for organizations, I like to take key stakeholders, key people in the organization, people that have history with the organization, through an exercise called remembering the past. And remembering the past is really a re, it's an exercise in recalling key decisions that were made. How does that pertain to your situation today? I would say one of the things that you can do that will be of encouragement to you is remember, take a notepad and write down situations, storms, so to speak, that you have been in. And you know what? You came out of that storm okay. Maybe it was a health situation. Maybe it was a change in career Maybe it was a decision to marry someone. You weren't sure at the time, but you just felt like it's the right thing to do. Maybe it's making a move 1,500 miles across the country for new opportunity. But jot those down because those are key moments and key decisions where you had to do something and you did. And you know what? It worked out just great. The other thing is practical that I think is so important in the midst of this, in order for you to have greater days ahead is on a daily basis, 
get up, clean up, look up, and move forward. Part of that is, I listened to a guy the other day talking about a Zoom call. Aren't we all busy with Zoom calls now? We're communicating via technology and so thankful for it. But in that regard, the guy says, I just don't achieve very well in my sweatpants, in a t-shirt. What's his point? The point is get up, get yourself dressed, clean up, shave, shower, do your hair, put on that uh, stinkum, so to speak, and prepare yourself for a day like any other would be. So easy to dumb it down, so easy to slack off, so easy to lose our discipline. So I would say instead, do your daily exercises, which includes get up, clean up, look up, and move forward. Speaking of exercise, increase your physical exercise. Get out, do above and beyond what you used to do. The other thing that can be a great way to fill your tank in this time is writing. Sitting down and just writing. Writing thoughts that come to you. So exercise, writing. The third I would suggest to fill your tank is reading. Your input of what you read is so critical. Every, re every word that you read in a book, a magazine, something positive. Find something that's going to fill your tank. And as you read, the positive messages this sends to your brain is a way of filling your tank. Why? Because you're lifting your spirit. Your blood's running a little quicker. Your blood is getting warmer, so to speak. And lastly, at some point in time, not every day, but I would challenge you to simply take down a piece of paper and a pencil or a pen and list the blessings of your life. Sometimes in the midst of a storm, all we see is the storm. And you know what? If all you see is the storm, the storm is going to get you. Instead, make a list of the blessings. And I would venture to say that most of your blessings, those that are most important to you, may have come in the midst of a storm or they came because of your ability to get through a storm. Storms happen, but they do not last forever. Ross Jelseth would say, you will make it. We will make it. Part of your affect is your willingness, as Pastor Fulton Buntain used to say to the congregation, get off your island and move to someone else's island. Get off your island and move to someone else's island. So in the midst of the storm, reach out, find someone else that you can be a blessing to. It'll feed your tank, it'll lift your spirits, and God knows it will lift the spirits of the person on the other island. Get off your island and move to someone else's island. Pastor Fulton Buntain. The last thing I would say to you, and that is, 
from Jeremiah 29.11. In these past few days, I've seen lots of people cite Jeremiah 29.11 as a verse of encouragement. I get it. But I'm going to challenge you. One more thing to do. In Jeremiah 29.11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Future, greater days ahead. That's Jeremiah 29.11. Lots of people have used it in the last few days. Rightly so. However, my last in a list of things to do to fill your own tank is to pray more. Spend more time in quiet. Prayer is two verbs. You speak prayer and you listen. Here's what Jeremiah 29, 12 says. If you want that hope and that prosperity, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. The word seek, the word call, the word prayer and pray are all verbs, take actions. Take action. So I would suggest to you that along with exercising, writing, reading, making a list of your blessings, I would say spend more time in prayer, more quiet time, more speaking prayers, but more listening to the voice of God. So, greater days ahead. Believe it, people. Speak it, call it out in others. Believe it, speak it, call it out in others. Greater days ahead. Thanks for being with us on this session of Winning Words, Speaking Life to Influence Others. God's very best to you.